2: Welcome to the Situation Room.
3: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to week four in the Situation Room. I'm here with my co-host Gabe Ferguson. He's at Gabe Fergie on Twitter. I'm Jordan Coe. You can find me at Ravensit Room. And we're trying to give you our immediate feedback of these games and uh, give you give you some of the takes that we have, like, right out of the gate. Um, our reactions to these games, how we feel about it, what we're thinking about it. We'd love to hear your hot takes or your immediate reactions. I mean, just off the top, Gabe, this is – I think we said this in production beforehand. This is a little bit of a boring game overall. Um, so we're going to have to stretch a little, but uh, we got things to say.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously a big win um, going on the road, winning against division rival. The Ravens were not favored in this game. I think they were three point underdogs heading into this one. Like Cleveland had been hyped up the wazoo for all of their, you know, defensive performances. They all these like, Historical like really good defensive stats, Jordan. I think you tweeted something earlier in the week about you know maybe it's like a small sample size. They haven't played very many good offenses. Like let's cool the Jets on how good the Cleveland defense is, and then you know the Ravens come in and really like you know put them like on blast. Like they just like immediately after like was I think there's a two drives where the offense was kind of shaky, but then like. After that, they, like, really took it to them. And then, like, it could have gotten ugly, I think, if they'd actually, like, put the foot on the pedal a little bit in the second half. But they basically just, like, said, we're up by three scores. You guys aren't going to score on us anymore. We're just going to, like, take it easy, run off the clock, and that that was that. But so overall, it was a pretty boring game, but the first half was really exciting. And and it was fun to watch, seeing see Lamar cooking like that. That's something we have definitely missed. Um, So I think, you know, based off of that, we can go directly into your first hot take which is, is kind of something about you know the Ravens offense.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I think that the Ravens offense is actually much better than was prescribed last week. And I would say that I think that this Ravens offense has arrived and I think that it's gonna be fully throated by the end of this year at top three or top two scoring offense in this league overall. Uh, we saw last week, a bunch of just missed opportunities in the Indianapolis game where this team really realistically should have put at least 10 more points on the board overall on a couple things that went wrong. We're talking about no Rashad Bateman, no Odell Beckham Jr., no Ronnie Stanley, no Mogler Moses for the second half of this game. Um, Tyler Linderbaum just coming back, right? Like Mark Andrews finally just getting healthy. This is a, this is a team and a unit that has not even yet played together. And once they get once they get it together, and we see some of the, I, I mean, we saw these random fumbles and these weird iterative things happening with this team in random moments. But once those things go away, I think this is a team that is going to roll. Um, and I think you're going to see them easily post 20-point halves with regularity. Um, and it, once they start doing that, I think all bets are off because it's going to be really hard to defend this team overall. We, we saw them running against light boxes. We saw when they went into cover two being able to run against that. When they went into like cover three or single high, the Ravens were able to throw the ball against these guys. Um, you get healthy on this offense, and I think this is an offense that that is already primed to be really good in terms of the AFC, and I think they're going to finish in the top two or three offense in terms of points scored.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I, I really think this offense is Lamar Jackson unleashed. You know, put into the best potential like situation. The things that we've been like basically begging for for the past couple of years, um, not kind of constraining him with some of the play calling and the personnel usage, but instead like giving him weapons, which is you know not necessarily like a offensive of play calling thing, but a front office thing, and then also um, just like the, the way they like create space, the way they. Um, uh, you know, utilize, you know, the, the running backs in the passing offense, you know, pushing the ball downfield a little bit here and there. Like they haven't done that a ton. I think they can still do that a little bit more, but um, we've seen it. And I think it definitely like just allows for Lamar Jackson to kind of be at his best. So that, that's really exciting. I and mean, you know, the point that you made about this offense, not really having all the pieces yet. I think that's, a, that's something to look forward to. Obviously you know, the Ravens were out without basically the number two, number three wide receivers in this game. Um, and it, they didn't even seem like they needed them. Like, Mark Andrews stepped up. You know, I don't think uh, Isaiah likely, like, caught a pass. We saw Ricard like, catch a pass in garbage time. Um, but it was it was a Mark Andrews game. We had a couple of good plays, a Flowers. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like, they didn't have to, like, have, like, a dominant passing game in this one because in this game, they had a lot that worked on the ground. Like, they, they were able to use, utilize Justice Hill. Gus Edwards upgrade You know, Melvin Gordon made some impactful plays for them. But it all comes back to Lamar Jackson. And like he was the kind of a catalyst of the whole thing, and you know, getting him to e- use his legs, mixing mixing in the running plays that were very successful, along with you know his ability to just like be extremely like accurate in this game was something that I'd love to see. So I'm all in on this offense. I think it's going to be only going to get better as they keep continuing to like build on week to week. You know, keep figuring out what works. You know, maybe get rid of some of the stuff that doesn't work, and just focus on being consistent and efficient.
3: Yeah, totally. Well, I, I mean, you had a take on the Ravens offense as well. What was that? Yeah,
2: and it's it's kind of like a – it's just an observation, you know, over the past couple of years. And this dates back to, I think, going back to, like, the 2020 season when the, in the playoffs in Buffalo. Um, but this offense and, – and I don't know if it's a Lamar Jackson thing. I don't know if it's, like, a going conservative and like, bad conditions thing. But the Ravens are really, really bad in bad conditions. And they are a completely different offense when it's nice out and sunny and there's no wind and there's no rain. Anytime, like, it's drizzly or wet, like, there's just so many games. Even I think even back to 2019, like, one of their w- worst games was against the Niners and like, a wet, like, kind of, like, ugly game. Like, they just haven't been able to, like, perform when the conditions are not optimal. Um, obviously, we're hoping that it's kind of, like, more correlation than causation, but you have to think that maybe, like, Maybe there is something worth thinking. Of. Maybe the, it does affect the play calling. Maybe they think that they're not going to be able to convert some of those downfield class passes, and they get conservative in the play calling. Um, whatever it is, um, I'm hoping that it's kind of just like a thing that they can break out of because, you know, once it gets down to like you know th- November, December, sometimes you have some ugly weather games. And as I'm, I'm not really a big betting person. I like to bet a little bit, but like if you have like a Ravens game and it's looking like a weather game. I'm not taking the over in any of those games. I, I don't think this offense is built to perform or doesn't have the track record of performing when the weather's bad. It's something I think they should address somehow, but it's something that has shown up game in and game out over the course of this Lamar Jackson era. And you know I'm hoping that it's, like I said, something they can grow out of, but it's problematic. And it's like, it, it seems like a completely different offense when it's nice out. I don't understand it.
3: Yeah. Well, hopefully some of that's just fumbles related um and tied to ball security i think we saw a lot of that last week where they just couldn't they got themselves out of rhythm early but i totally agree with you um in both these games and the weather it took them a while to kind of get a sense of where they needed to be maybe it gets them off script but uh they gotta be able to play it better in conditions i mean look back to the buffalo playoff game you know buffalo is right in the mix we're being a team that the ravens are gonna have to play in the playoffs you know at some point and if it's in buffalo and we're getting weather they're gonna have to do better but My second hot take flips the script. And um, if I think that the Ravens are going to be a top two or top three offense in terms of the AFC, I think that the Ravens, by the time that this season is over, is going to lead the league in points allowed. Um, We we, we saw Cleveland, obviously, let's first just – give our sympathetic remarks to the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns who had to play this week. Obviously not pro ready, not uh, like that guy shouldn't probably see the field for the rest of this football season. Um, he has no ball security. He has no arm. He has the accuracy that they were talking about on the the coverage of the game just didn't show up. None of, none of it was there. Um, he did seem to have a little bit of escapability and some legs, but his, his carelessness with the ball, just just all kinds of things that you don't want to see from an NFL quarterback. That being said, you're talking about a top-tier offensive line on the Cleveland side of the ball, um, a commitment to running the ball. You've seen guys like D. Ford and Cream Hunt before this be good offense overall, um, and they had a couple decent runs to start the game, and it completely vanished over the course of the game. I mean, the Ravens what held them to you know less than four yards a carry um, in terms of run defense. Obviously, again, you know, 36 passing attempts for 121 yards, four sacks. I mean, it was just it was miserable. I don't think it's going to be three. Every single week, but got two games left against a very, very hapless Steelers team. Um, The Bengals look like they don't have it. You got Arizona left on the schedule. Um, You know, I think that there's an opportunity, Miami kind of Miami and San Francisco um, are the two games that kind of are highlighted on the schedule where it's like, Oh, they, they could, they could maybe really put up some points here overall. And that, uh, that New Year's game against Miami is going to be a really big one, all in all. But that being said, I look at this, and this, this very clearly looks like a defense that's ready to dominate. Mike McDonald knows what he has in these pieces. They're going to run Ben, can't bra- ben don't break. But we talked about what the Ravens are missing on offense and their two tackles and their top two wide receivers. Look at what the Ravens are missing on defense. They're missing their top three outside linebackers. Um, they're missing their
4: top corner. What's the easiest choice you can make?
3: they're missing their top safety and they're still coming in and they're being dominant in terms of points allowed in defensive performance. Overall Um, they would look even better without kind of the mishaps of special teams so far in this year, which has put them in, you know, bad field positions and given up points overall. And so I I just think that this is by the end of the year, once they really get going, this defense really gels. Roquan and, and Patrick Queen are dominant together right now in the middle of the field looking as good as any combination of middle linebackers have in in quite some time. I think going all the way back to Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis playing together. um, This is just going to be a really hard team to put points up on um, when, when they get in rhythm on defense.
2: Yeah. And I I mean, I already think they are in rhythm on defense um, to, to a significant extent, like, and I'm going to give a lot of credit to Mike McDonald. Um, I I think, you know, he, he came in obviously last year, there's a bit of a rough start. Um, They're trying to like, Installed some new defense. You know, they they kind of changed pretty significantly from from Wink Martindale um, in terms of like being more zone heavy compared to man heavy. Like um, not blitzing as much, although I think there is blitzing still. It's just a little bit more um, smart, I think, in, in how they do it and like a lot less like cover zero type looks. And it's more of like we're gonna we're gonna put you in like a situation where you're not sure where the blitz is coming from. A lot more kind of like. Um, you know, zone blitzes or dis- disguise blitzes, things like that. Um, but, I-, I mean, just the way that this defense has performed so far is, is really, really impressive. And I know, like, they haven't beaten all of, like, the best offenses, um, but, you know, they-, they held a Houston team in check that has actually given some other teams some, like, some run. Like, they- they're not a bad offense. Like, like Indianapolis has put up points on other teams. Like, you know, the Bengals, you know, they they've struggled at times, but, like, this, this Browns team—I know they had a backup quarterback, but like, you know, they're—you know—they can—they've been able to run the ball and move the ball on other teams. Like, this is just—I think—a really good defense, top to bottom. And I think it's possible, you know. At, you know, anytime like you say something like the best, like points per game, like or points allowed, like that's a—that's a pretty high bar. Um, but this—they have, like, I think, the scheme to do it. They don't have the hardest schedule, like you mentioned. There's some decent teams out there, good offenses. The, the Lions are, are a tough team. The, the, the Seahawks can be tough. Um, but it's all in all, like, I mean, the way they're clicking right now, the defensive line is playing phenomenally. Um, you know, they're all, like, looking like they're, they're really stout up front. They're able to get up to the passer. Um, and up the middle, it's just, like, between Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Kyle Hamilton, um, Gino Stone. Playing phenomenal, and, and instead of Marcus Williams, like they have so much talent on the defensive side of the ball, and like the, a lot of these guys aren't like household names, you know, like Roquan is, I guess, and like, I guess you know. But other than that, like these aren't people that like are well known around the league or around like NFL fandom. But they're just working so well together. It's so impressive to watch week in and week out. And I think, as you said, here we get some more players back. Adapte got the David Ajabo, Tyus Bowser. We're getting reinforcements team's only going to get better obviously marlon humphrey he's probably the biggest name of all of them like he's your best like going into the season you think you're he's your best player on defense and he hasn't played a snap and they're still dominating teams like how, impre- how, more impre- how much more impressive can it be than that so yeah i'm, I'm totally on board with it it's, it's going to be a fun defense to watch and I, I love to see like just how like how much they fly around the field that like, they're not missing tackles they're playing sound they're not like blowing any coverages remember like three or four years ago when like every single game it seemed like there was at least one or two blown coverages when is the last time we've seen the Ravens defense blow coverage like that? It just doesn't happen anymore. There's so much more discipline on defense. It's incredible. Like, their they're team, that's, they're going to make you beat you. They're going to make you slowly move the ball down the field with, like, three, six, five, eight-yard passes. Like, you're not going to take 25, 30 yards at a, at a chunk. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, they just, it's just, they're too sound defensively. Unless you get, like, a bogus defensive pass interference, like, happened <laughs> in today's game. You're not going to move the ball like that anymore. So, um, you know, that, was that the only points they scored? I think the, the Browns, the only points they scored was because of that bogus PI. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. just just an incredible day from the Ravens defense today.
3: Yeah, no, totally. And, and the, those years where the blown coverages, it was missed tackles. I mean, we just, all of that seems cleaned up. I mean, there's so many games going back with... Just a few, you no, know, without those blown coverages and without some of those mixed tackles, they would have, they would have won some of these games. So I'm, I'm excited for this defense, and I think it's going to perform at a super high level the rest of this year.
2: Yeah, and then that brings me to the player I think is possibly the most impactful player on the Ravens defense through, through four games. Um, and there's a lot of guys who have stepped up, but I think the, the guy that like dollar for dollar has maybe been, brought the most value to this Ravens defense is Avian Clowney. He has been so consistent in his pass rush. And he's probably—I know he's missed probably like three or four sacks, maybe more than that—over the course of the season. But like he is consistently generating pressure more so than any Ravens edge defender that I can remember in recent years. Like he's a guy who's consistently driving that tackle back into the into the lap of the quarterback. He's working well in stunts. He's setting the edge well. Like they're running away from his side of the field. He's been a dominant defender for them, and they got him for cheap. You know, he was someone who came in, like, middle of a training camp. Like, they, I think they're giving him, like, $3 guarantee with some, like, incentives to, like, get up to, like, six or something. I hope he makes those incentives. He deserves it. He's playing phenomenally well. I'm not sure where they would be without him, honestly, because all the injuries to outside linebacker position. But, like, what a great pickup. I mean, I know this game was probably a little bit of, like, a, you know, he played in Cleveland for a couple years. Maybe there was some bad blood there, and he was feeling a certain way. But he came out and really just like put the defense like on his back to being this game. And I think that he's someone that has that pedigree of like being just a, a very high end, like Pro Bowl Caliber player at that position. And they need that because you know, they didn't sign he signed Justin Houston. They went out and got Clowney instead. They brought in Kyle Van Noy, another veteran. So we'll see what happens with the guys coming back from injury. But they have, you know, some actual talent at that position, more so than I was expecting at the beginning of the season even with the injuries, they're playing really well. Um, and, and I think it's all because of Clowney, and he's a big reason why his pass rush has been as good as it's been through four weeks.
3: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think Kyle Hamilton is the only other guy that is playing at such a high level that he's in that conversation for best player for the Ravens overall right now. So it's super, super exciting to look at this team at where they are, to think about how, what the opportunities are gonna be, You know, such a frustrating game last week for them to have kind of missed out on some big opportunities to pick up one more conference game. But you you saw things starting to come together on a road game for a a Cleveland team that had some momentum heading into this week. Another big game coming up next week where the Ravens get a chance to go at the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. um, and take a crack at them. And so, you know, look, you can pick up three AFC North road wins before you get to week five and be sitting at five and one. And you, you've got to, feel really good about your opportunity to be uh gonna be be leading the division at the end of the year and and getting that home game right out of the gate and and who knows from where so um exciting times for this ravens ravens teams hot takes are are a little lukewarm a little tepid this week because such a dominant game from the ravens overall but hopefully we get a little bit more healthy hopefully morgan moses um doesn't have anything serious going on with him we saw file struggle a little bit overall in this game um we also saw um who uh, Millett got hurt and at that corner slot spot, which is a, a big one for the Ravens need. So hopefully we don't see a lot of other injuries overall for this team. Uh, we're headed in the right direction. We'll break down the tape. I think we're going to see even more things that we liked when we take a look at this and we get back to you guys on Wednesday. And I think it's, it's, you know, full steam ahead for this Ravens team to be, you know, really take a, a, a spot, a soft, the softer spot in their schedule and move it forward.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously next week is a big one. Um Steelers are always a tough, tough out. I think it's never easy, especially on the road. But um, it's, if they can win in that one, they're really in driver's seat in the division. Um, obviously, first place right now. But you know, things always can change. But getting those division wins are key. So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll um, take a little bit closer look at the tape. But um, for now, looking ahead to next week and you know, hoping that they keep up the momentum.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Can't go wrong with a twenty-five point win. So, um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Those are our our quick reactions to this week's game. Love to hear yours. I think we saw a couple of those on Twitter today. Um, already coming out, they already saying that it, that it that there aren't too many hot takes. You know, we're happy to be kind of three and one, two and zero in the division. You know, reduction on the fumbles and the turnovers. I'm sure there are other hot takes out there, um, but uh, we'd love to keep them rolling in. Um, hearing from you guys, uh, joining us here in the situation room, um, he's at Gabe Fergie, I'm at Raven sit room and, uh, we'll see you later this week.